Hey, Ben, it's Spencer. Oh, hey. What are you up to right now? Oh, I'm just reading a book about how much Mark sucks. That's cool. See, Nate's sick right now, and mm. I have like two cock and bulls in the pipeline. Two? Yeah, two. Two. <laughs> What if I told you they're short? I've only got an hour before I gotta return this book to the library. Hang on, you rented it? Yeah, I rented that, it at the library. That seems like a socialist like institution. You're... The Ronald Reagan Library. Weird that a public library is named after Ronald. Okay, so uh, first of all, this is all a pre-recorded bit, so I'm just gonna drop the filters. And uh, ben... okay, should I hang up the phone? Ben, the year. <laughs> The year is 1864. Okay, I thought it was 2019. I did just look. Oh, you had to check? Yeah, I had to check. <laughs> it's November and you had to check? Yeah. I forget my age every day. It's fine. Uh, first of all, special special thanks to Andy on this one. This was his suggestion. July 11th, 1864. Charles Dawson was born in Lancashire, England. He was the eldest of three sons and moved to Sussex at a young age. When Dawson was... Old enough to attend college, he, which I think was 13, uh, he began by studying law just as his father had. Just as his father had, as in with the same books. By the way, this is about the bread and butter of cock and bull intros, saying, like, if every episode of Last Podcast on the Left starts with traumatic head injury, every... <laughs> Every cock and bull starts with, he was almost a lawyer, but then. <laughs> uh, but then he found his passion in geology. Okay. Dawson was big into fossils and in 1889 co founded the Hastings and St. Leonard's Museum Association. I'm no expert, but yeah. this seems like quite a diversion from the law thing. He found a hard left into rocks. <laughs> A hard left. Is he still uh, 13 at the time? By the time he reached his mid-20s, he'd begun attending and orchestrating archaeological digs across Sussex. I get that there are fossils everywhere. That's how the ground works, yeah. As far as I'm aware, dinosaur fossils are not found in England. Maybe yeah, it's the well, fact that it's an island or the water that's everywhere, but, you know... <laughs> Well, Ben, prepare to be the goddamn fool of this episode, because okay. Dawson is about to dunk on you. Dawson uh, wasn't just spectating, though. I mean, he was, but sometimes he was making discoveries. In fact, he developed a reputation for making very lucky discoveries around Sussex. All right, I in can't 18... wait to hear him find an intact T-Rex. In 1893, he'd investigated a pair of flint mine shafts ran beneath Hastings Castle, the crumbling ruins of a castle built in 1066 by William of Normandy. Deep within the old mines beneath Hastings Castle, Dawson found it was full, just chock full, pouring out of every nook and cranny. Of flint. That flint and <laughs> prehistoric Roman and medieval artifacts. Wait! They're everywhere, Ben. In the mine? There's whole pottery collections. Do we learn how all this shit got down here? Or are you going to leave that as a mystery? I'm not going to leave that. Dawson's going to leave that. Because he goes into a mine. <laughs> I'm having an aneurysm because of this story. So the same year, Dawson presented the British Museum with a Roman statuette that he found in Beauport Park which at the time was just a suburb. Like, he, he was just digging in basically a rich person's backyard. And it was it was a cast iron statue, which is, if you're talking about a Roman statue, very weird for the time period. But now we use it in our pans. Okay. Then he found even more oddities, like a stone axe, okay. 
I've formed just... of Neolithic stone. He found an old boat. <laughs> He's found some Roman antiquities in a mine and yeah. some Roman antiquities just in people's backyards. The levels of depth are confusing, right? I know a little bit about probability, and if this happened to me, I'd be scared of crossing the street because clearly the universe has to write itself for the fact that these two impossible things just happened. <laughs> these discoveries, I mean, you're not wrong. This is I wouldn't it's call monumental. them discoveries either because discoveries uh, imply some sort of intent or like grandiose <laughs> plan. This is just these happenstances where he happened to be exactly where some <laughs> Roman people had left their trash. These accidents rack up quite the reputation. Um, first, he's dubbed the Wizard of Sussex in That's the geological fair, community. Because he's probably using J.K. Rowling magic to find his antiquities with a little wand and shit. Second, he's elected to the Society of Antiquaries of London. He's he's found so much shit that he's elected. Elected because the geological community loves what he's putting out. Now okay. seems like a good time to mention that while he found a passion in geology... You're gonna ruin this. He never quit law. Okay, so... He he was a practicing lawyer, had literally no formal education in science. None. He just found out he liked rocks. Did he ever mix the he two? Just, <laughs> just walks into the courtroom. Your Honor, first of all, I've got to say, for some reason, I found this Roman centurion's helmet underneath my chair. I don't know how it got there, but I'm taking credit for it. Is that is that a Bronze Age sword? <laughs> You'd never guess it, but yeah... Also, what's that behind your ear? Oh, it's a coin! My goodness, I'm in a case dismissed! And that's how Jack the Ripper got away once again. <laughs> he was right there. Almost had him. So, despite his lack of credentials, he kept cranking out these lucky discoveries. To name just a few, he reanalyzed the Bayou Tapestry. It was a document of the Norman Conquest of England. It's just okay. a big mural of how that happened. What did he do to that? Reanalyzed it. He looked it over and he, he reinterpreted the art. That does not sound like an archaeology thing. That just sounds like <laughs> me in an art museum, but... He re-examines his tapestry. He rewrites the timeline of the Norman Conquest. <laughs> and everyone's it... just like, ah, he found all that Roman shit. I bet he's right. And since he dug up all that shit beneath the, the castle of Hastings... He decides to go to Hastings Castle, examines the ruins, and he writes out the most complete report of Hastings Castle known at the time. He just he, he digs through all the evidence, rewrites an account of how that castle came to be, who was in it, what technology they were using to build it. He found evidence of the final stages of Roman occupation in Sussex. I'm starting to think that if you became an archaeologist at the birth time of archaeology it was all just stumbling onto these archaeological facts and the only reason that people need to go to college for it now is because all the easy shit has already been found <laughs> he found uh no excuse me he investigated unusual elements of the natural world he had now, run out of stuff to find in the dirt. Now, did he, when you say investigated, do you mean that he walked into a lab and knocked some beakers over and was like, "Look at this! I made it." <laughs> it's it was mine. more. It was. It was more like while he was 
finding, you know, the full helmets and spears and uh, entire kings buried in those mine shafts, he was also finding strange natural oddities that kind of turned science on its head. For example, he brought forth a, uh, a, a pod of flint, a fully intact pod of flint, which when he cracked it open, he found a petrified toad inside. Okay, so this... Now he's on to magic tricks. This man, if he even is one, if he's not some demon, he rolls up with a big ball of flint. And he's like, oh, let's see what's in here. Ah, oh, it's a petrified toad. We don't know how many pods he cracked before he got the right one, though. No, it, I do. It was That was his first one. There's no, <laughs> there is no reality I can think of where that was not the first first flint pod the man had laid eyes on he you know he tripped too he tripped over a rock his pickaxe lodged into it and he was like by jove there's a toad in here my goodness it's holding a an hoplite spear this is is clearly an athens toad i can't find more info on this next one but it says he found a natural gas supply beneath east sussex i don't i all transparency here i don't know the first shit about natural gas but i thought natural gas was like a thing bp had to find it wasn't just something that a guy in the 1800s rolls up and goes ah i found natural gas uh he also discovers a hybrid a hybrid animal, then. If this is the Brontosaurus... <laughs> he discovers a hybrid between a goldfish and a carp. I believe what you've just said is that he found out that there was a third fish. It sounds like he's <laughs> describing koi, personally, but he's found the third fish. I, I'm going to be honest. If I was trained in law and uh, archaeology, or even if I was trained in computer science like I am, you could show me any fish, and I'd be like, this must be either an entirely new fish, or at the very <laughs> least a fish I have not heard of. And you know what's crazy? Found that in another flint pod. That's, that's just like... <laughs> What are the chances, right? It was the second one he opened. He even aided in the strategy of using phosphorescent bullets to shoot down enemy zeppelins. What can this man not do? He's got law. He's got archaeology. I'll tell you what he can't do is have a mundane day. He can't can't go one day without discovering something. This is a man chosen by the universe to be famous for something. We've gotten a fair amount of time into talking about Dawson's luck, but that's not the focus of today's episode. Instead, we're going to talk about one particular discovery of his. You're telling me that this has all just been vamping and backstory to the actual cock and bull episode? Dawson's most groundbreaking discovery you've never heard of came in 1912, when Dawson was walking along a farm road close to Piltdown Common in Sussex. Okay. He's He's strolling along, quote, I noticed that the road had been mended with some peculiar brown flints, not unusual in the district. On inquiry, I was astonished to learn that they were dug from a gravel bed on the farm. I don't know where this is going. Off the bat, I have questions because if they weren't unusual, why did he inquire? You said a lot of words and all I actually understood was the word brown. So he finds brown stuff among the gravel that paves the road. And he's like, weird. So he goes and inquires with the locals. And they're like, uh, yeah, they came from a gravel farm that away. Quote, shortly afterwards, I visited the place. 
where two laborers were at work digging the gravel for small repairs to the roads. All right, we... Tally-ho, gents! I've come to inquire about your astonishing gravel! Quote, As this excavation was situated about four miles north of the limit, where the occurrence of flints overlying the Weldon Strata is recorded... Uh, none of these words matter. Very fancy, though. I was much interested and made a close examination of the bed. So he's climbing down in the fucking hole with these two guys digging. I asked the workmen if they had found any bones or other fossils. They're just up there in the bone pile. If you're a blue collar dude just <laughs> digging a hole and some guy asks, found any bones down there? Run, fucking run. Get out of there. Quit your job and go. He doesn't want nope. the gravel bones. He wants your bones. As they did not appear to have noticed anything of the sort, I urged them to preserve anything that they might find. 24 a hours later, I was given to six tons of rocks. Upon one of my subsequent visits to the pit, one of the men handed me a small portion of unusually thick human parietal bone. Human bone, first of all. <laughs> yes, human bone. Who the goddamn fuck has to be told, hey, keep an eye out for bones. To start noticing bones in the hole they're digging. No, it was the 1800s. Uh, You're saying the bones were everywhere then? There might have been bones everywhere in Sussex. I don't know. <laughs> were there any it's a bloody city. The Battle of Hastings was there. There's got to be bones all over the place. <laughs> Valid opinion, Ben. Quote. I am, this has been the longest continuous quote ever. Quote, I immediately made a search, but could not find anything. Nor had the men noticed anything else. The bed is full of tabular pieces of iron stone, closely resembling this piece of skull in color and thickness, and although I had made many subsequent searches, I could not hear of any further find or discover anything. In fact, the bed seemed to be quite unfossiliferous. <laughs> I have no idea where this is going. Didn't know we needed a word for no fossils here. <laughs> unfossiliferous. Wasn't sure there was a conversation to be had. About how many fossils are lying around. But you also, like, needed to shave a couple words off. You're racing the clock. Got places to be. Can't waste a sentence on that. This whole quote, this man has just been coming up with words. I don't know if you've noticed, but he is being as fancy as possible. He's quite a fancy lad, and I think it's the fact that he found two gravel boys, and he was like, I gotta flex. <laughs> I went to college, and not for no reason. Look, I'm not just a man who goes and hangs around gravel pits looking for bones. I'm a man who has an education that's going to gravel pits and looking for bones. <laughs> quote, it was not, it's still going, quote, It was not until some years later, in the autumn of 1911, on a visit to the spot that I picked up among the rain-washed spoil heaps of the gravel pit, another larger piece. Dawson had discovered a skull, among a few other bones. The skull was in fragments, of course, with workers apparently having struck it apart under the impression it was... A fossilized coconut. I'm not even going to touch that one. I don't feel good insulting the intelligence of uh, blue-collar workers in the 1800s. Nonetheless, Dawson wrote Arthur Woodward, curator of geology at London's Natural History Museum. Dawson brought Woodward along, and the two excavated the pit even further. What happened to the workers that were there before? I don't know. Martial <laughs> law. The, <laughs> the geologists have acquired your work site. So Dawson, Woodward, and a French buddy named Pierre Chardin worked to uncover a few additional fragments. 
a jaw, some teeth, and fossils of other animals along with some intact primitive tools. These chunks are about to be the find of the century in England. I don't feel good about this man having more lucky stuff happen to him, but uh, okay. (laughs) The team added on members, and everyone worked to reconstruct the remains they had before them. The result? The skull of Eoanthropus Dawsoni, a missing link between apes and humans that walked the Earth half a million years ago. It's not the first proto-human fossil discovered. It's not the first hominid fossil found, though it was certainly a contender for the oldest human fossil ever discovered. At the time, the record went to Heidelberg Man, oh, of course. a German-discovered fossil. Yeah, I mean, I have tea with Heidelberg Man every Thursday. I have a poster of him in this room right now. Shirtless? Yeah. Okay. Well, it's all bones. It's hard not to be, you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> now our bone boy here is dubbed the Piddledown Man, named, of course, for the gravel pit he was harassed from. I've heard of this in RuneScape. <laughs> Are you fucking serious? What's the context? There is a character in RuneScape that I think is called the Rag and Bone Man, which is another weird uh, British saying. But uh, I believe he has you bring him a bunch of cleaned bones, and I do believe he mentions the Piddle Down Man. The discovery was announced at a meeting of the Geological Society. Illustrations of it were then published in volumes of popular science. And that buzz- looks like a skeleton! like artistry creations of what the piddle down man looked like this looks exactly like a human skeleton but let me tell you it's weird (laughs) and the buzz started spreading the artifact was deemed too precious to be allowed on public display though of course this is britain There were those that saw it behind closed doors, however, and of these dozen scientists, camps began to split between praise and ridicule, calling it an aberration that did not fit the timeline of hominid evolution found elsewhere, or calling it a kick-ass pile of bones. (laughs) That's what all archaeology should be. Just, hey, that's one cool pile of bones you got. There's the one guy who's like, this doesn't doesn't go by the books, and the other guy that's like, rule of cool, my man. (laughs) Dawson, however, didn't live to see the real extent of hype. Did he he fall into a hole that wasn't there three seconds ago? Fell on a Roman sword. Yeah, it's it's nuts. No, uh, he died prematurely of sepsis in 1916. Hey. Fairly unlucky, if you ask me. Spencer, what were the chances of that? (laughs) Only four months after his discovery rocked the world at large, he died. He was fairly young, too. He was like mid-50s. Hate to see him go. Though it was met with a healthy amount of skepticism, the hominid fossil was a smash hit for the scientific circles of England at the time, and would continue to do so for nearly four decades. In 1949, questions were being raised. A conclusive demonstration finally led the community to believe that they'd been victim of a hoax. Oh. Why, though? Why did it get the hype, and what proved it to be fake? Well, when... (laughs) These bones aren't real. Hang on, snap. These are plastic. (laughs) I think you made this out of paper mache. Hang on, there's newspaper in these bones. That's weird. Well... When Heidelberg Man was discovered, you have to understand that this was the build-up to World War I. England wasn't satisfied with Germany discovering the oldest boy. So when they got word that they'd beaten Germany, the story exploded well beyond what it should have. Within 10 years of it being discovered, uh, a German anthropologist named Granz Weidenreich 
argued that the Piddle Down Man was simply a jigsaw of a modern human skull and an orangutan jaw with filed teeth. Now, I don't know much about the insults that archaeologists throw at each other, but just as a layman, <laughs> that one sounds pretty deep. That's that's a deep cut. Mm-hmm. That's a deep fucking cut. Don't at me. This was shouted down. For the English, it needed to be real. But in 1953, careful analysis confirmed that that is exactly what it was. A jigsaw of human and orangutan bones. Where did Perhaps, the orangutan bones come from? I, that... <laughs> you didn't research that, did you? No, I didn't think about that one, but... Ben, where did the human bones come well, from? Well, there are human bones all over the place. Have you heard of a graveyard? That's, okay, that's fair. You can find human bones all over the place now. It's illegal to take them. <laughs> but you can find them. I'm pretty sure it would have been illegal to take them then, too. They probably all belong to the queen or some shit. And I think just adding fuel to the fire, I, it was noted that the human skull, like they said the brain was very small, which could be, that could be someone who was very disabled. Or a child. Or a child. Or it could be phrenology. I don't know. They're like, oh, mm, this, no. this one had a small brain. I could tell by his bumps. Perhaps they should have been suspicious when Dawson conveniently found the hominid's elephant bone bat lying amongst his remains. Well, but because where else just, would it be? He wouldn't have died and then taken the bat somewhere else. Duh. It's it's just too on the nose that you find a caveman bones and oh, here's his bat made of it's a big club. Made of bones. <laughs> yeah, also made of bones. <laughs> but when you, I think what we're gathering here is Dawson. Dawson had a big bone collection. No, no, it would have been it would have been less suspicious than if he had been like, ah, here's the hominid man, an ancient man, right next to this Roman centurion sword. <laughs> but when you hold Dawson's other discoveries under a microscope, you start to see his track record of passing off lies as lucky archaeological finds. His evidence of Rome's late occupation in England? Faked. His unusual axes and weird flint frog? Also David Blaine level bullshit. The old boat? Cheap bullshit. In most places no, Dawson I'm so ma- sad. In most places he managed to find bountiful artifacts in every corner. Weirdly enough, all discoveries kind of stopped after he died. He just Well that it does explain the mine. He just did gone down there the day before and put a bunch of Roman centurion stuff in there. Something I neglected to include earlier in the story, because it was a dead giveaway, was Dawson's testimony of a giant sea serpent in the English Channel. Okay. He found a Nessie. Well, you know, that's actually the most believable thing I've heard today. (laughs) Now, Dawson's role as the uh, sole duper was denied by some. Conspiracy theories suggested that Sir Arthur Conan Doyle was involved. All right, that makes no sense whatsoever, but I'll go with it. Author of Sherlock Holmes and private investigator of Agatha Christie's disappearance, theorists said that Doyle had helped craft the hoax in order to discredit scientists who often mocked and ridiculed him for his spiritualism. All right, that I, that I can believe. He was quite a, these crystals will solve your syphilis kind of guy. He's not going to pull like a caper of the orangutan man's bones. Now you say that. But doesn't Caper of the Orangutan Man sound like a Sherlock Holmes novel? It does. If he's going to get revenge on the scientists, he's going to invoke the ghosts. (laughs) 
Modern analysis in 2016 proved, no shadow of a doubt, that Dawson was alone in the hoax. DNA samples and forensic analysis concluded that Dawson had worked alone to dye the skull pieces brown and that he'd modified them using dentist putty and gravel. Mm, I don't buy it. Oh, There's no? a lot of fake news these days. So what you're saying is Dawson did find the hominid and it's a smear campaign. Mm, well, that wasn't what I was saying. I was saying that it was Arthur Conan Doyle. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. And actually, right. actually, Charles Dawson and Arthur Conan Doyle are the same person. Okay, now it's getting deeper. And also they're lizard men. Do you have another hot take for me? <laughs> the queen? She was involved. Current Queen Elizabeth. I can get behind it. And to think that for 21 years after Dawson's death, archaeologists tried in vain to dig up more fragments at that gravel pit <laughs> for no, 21 fucking years. That's the real thing you want to leave the world with is just a lot of work. I'm just saying, if we need like a, Europe- a modern European pantheon, this guy's my trickster god. All right. This has been the Cock and Bull Podcast. Thank you very much for tuning in. I am Spencer. This is Ben. Uh, we have a podcast called Cooperative Effort. Uh, we do. By this point, it's it's been like done for about a year. Yeah, but it might come back. Who knows? Yeah, you know, we're cranking out a script. We'll see where it goes. Ben, do you have anything else you want to plug? Uh, yeah, this has been the Cock and Bull. Uh, our theme song is There Were Buffalo on the Ark from the album. You can do it. No, I know this. Um, it's a disease. Uh, syphilis. Yo, oh, try again. <laughs> Uh, cholera, that's what it is. I figured it out. Follow me on Twitter. I'm not gonna tell you what it is, but figure it out. <laughs> Call my name and make a wish and take a rest, cause it's the best thing to leave your lips. Is that your best? I'm not impressed.